Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Mosaic Church OKC Online. We're so glad that you've joined us. We're going to do what we always do when we're in-house or when we're in our homes. And we're going to raise our Bibles, our iPhones, and repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, again, thanks for joining us. We're praying that today will be the last uh, online worship experience that we are forced to have online. Uh, we will, of course, always be online even when we're live at our church. But our plan right now is to uh, resume uh, meeting together on Mother's Day, May 10th. We chose that date for several reasons. One is we wanted to be sensitive to everyone that felt like maybe this weekend was too short, too quick and give a week to see and make sure that uh, uh, the uh, everything plateaus or declines. And then we'll gather uh, 9.30 and 11 on May 10th. Details are on our website. So go on our website. You can see how everything's going to be reopened. Today we're going to talk about overcoming pain. Overcoming pain often requires painful decisions. In other words, uh, sometimes we uh, don't address pain. Uh, we compensate for pain. We don't correct it. We don't fix it. We simply try to lessen the pain. And I've got good news for you. Jesus didn't die for us to just reduce our pain, but he died for us to overcome it. And I know that there are people who will say, well, I'll live with pain the rest of my life. And there are certain situations that that may be true. But most situations in Modern science affords us the privilege of correcting things, knee replacement, shoulder, I mean, all these different things that are now available to us to correct the pain that that's, uh, we're being uh, experiencing. Uh, and so I'm going to talk about that today because sometimes uh, making a decision is as painful as the pain that we're fe feeling. It's, it's kind of ironic. A few days ago, I was eating. Susan and I were having dinner at our home. And... Uh, I uh, bit down on something and chipped my very back tooth. And when I did, it cut my tongue pretty bad. So if I sound a little different today, it's because my tongue is, is in pain right now. And every day Susan will ask me, is, is your tongue better today? Is it feeling better? And honestly, uh, it's kind of hard to answer because it still hurts, but I'm not sure if it hurts as bad as it did the first day or the second day, because I think I've compensated uh, using words or you know opening my mouth differently not eating on the right side of my mouth so many different things and and I can say well I can live with this but and I could but I don't want to I want the pain to go away so I, I made a decision when I get back I'm going to go to my dentist and I'm going to get this fixed as quickly as I can and when I say this oftentimes people in life have relational issues uh mental issues, emotional issues, spiritual issues. And uh, let me address the relational issue first because in the midst of this pandemic, it's been challenging on marriages, 
relationships with family, with kids, with employers, employees, because we all have so many different opinions and it's so frustrating to not have the freedoms that we are accustomed to in America to do what we want, go where we want, eat where we want. Uh, a lot of families have strained relationships. Uh, and so what happens in those relationships is that rather than addressing the core problem, uh, we compensate. In other words, you say, well, you know, I can't talk to my wife or a friend or a son or a daughter about certain topics uh, because it's just too sensitive. So we avoid talking about those. Many people say don't talk about religion or politics. We should be able to talk about anything if we're full of God. We can agree to disagree. We can be polite in our disagreements. Uh, it, it's never productive to attack other people for what they believe or don't believe. Uh, it, it just doesn't work. And, uh, you know, about 100% of your enemies you will not win to the Lord until you make them a friend first. And that you respect their current position and that you honor them and respect them as a person and what they believe. Certain, certainly, as Christians, we believe that you know, in Jesus, and he's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to God. But it is painful when you see someone that refuses to believe that and their life continues to spiral out of control. But it doesn't mean we should get mad at them for not agreeing with us or believing what we believe. It means that we should even love them more. And so rather than compensating, let's make it our goal to correct things and fix things so that we're not living life with an emotional or spiritual limp, if you will. There was a lady who had foot surgery. Her foot was in great pain, so she did what she knew to do, and she had it uh, surgically repaired. But after the surgery, the doctor gave her a certain amount of time, and she could start walking on it. Well, she started walking on it, and uh, but, but she continued to limp the way she did before the surgery for fear that she would re-injure the foot. And so by the time she got to the physical therapist, uh, she didn't even realize she was limping anymore. She thought everything was back to normal. There was no more pain. But the physical therapist said, well, how do you feel? She said, I feel great. And the therapist said, well, why are you still limping? She didn't realize she was still limping. She was favoring it out of fear. She did not, she had made a decision that she was not going to step on it uh, and, and possibly fear re-injuring it. The therapist said, you'll have to make a decision to uh, experience the pain to get to the healing. And sometimes we avoid the pain, but oftentimes the healing is through the pain, going through it in order to strengthen the ligaments and the muscles. So I wanna encourage us today to think in terms of making decisions that fix problems, correct problems, and make us better and make us stronger uh, having gone through the pain. Oftentimes we dodge the pain. Many people will medicate the pain the rest of their lives. They have an injured shoulder or a leg and, and you'll take opioids or you'll take some kind of medication and I'm not being critical of that, but wouldn't it be great if you didn't get addicted? Wouldn't it be great if you didn't have to take pills? Wouldn't it be awesome if everything was fixed and corrected? And, and that's what I want to speak to today. I want us to address the hidden pains or the medicated pains in our lives that are preventing us from living the abundant life that Jesus intended us to live. Moses was called upon by God, if you'll turn to number 16, uh, to lead the children of Israel out of captivity. 
children of Israel had become accustomed to the pain of being under the dominion and the tyranny of the, this leader called Pharaoh and making bricks and, and laboring and slaves. They were slaves and God didn't create anybody to be a slave. And so uh, he calls upon Moses to go deliver them. Uh, Moses wrestles with God a little bit, but ends up going in, you know the story, and bringing the people out of Egypt. The challenge, as has been said throughout history, is you can take the people out of Egypt, but it's really difficult to get Egypt out of the people. In other words, we can lead people sometimes out of a painful experience or a, a painful place, but the most important thing is to get the pain out of them. And the way we get the pain out of us is oftentimes not moving uh, geographically uh, away from something, but facing that something that's causing the pain. So Moses is doing his job, and he has to make some tough decisions. He had to make a decision first to put his life on the line, to challenge Pharaoh. And then he has all these people that were used to getting three meals, but getting beat and having to work hard. And now he's leading them to this promised land, and you would think everybody would be excited. But they were still living in the pain, or the pain was still living in them, better yet. And as he's leading them, he's just simply obeying God. And here's what happens. Korah, son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and certain Reubenites, Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, became insolent and rose up against Moses. With them were 250 Israelite men, well-known community leaders who had been appointed members of the council. They came as a group to oppose Moses and Aaron and said to them, You've gone too far. The whole community is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is with them. Why then do you set yourselves up above the Lord's assembly? Moses didn't set himself up. He didn't want to be the leader. He didn't try to exercise authority, undue authority over them. He was simply following God. So we have a relational issue, a crisis, if you will. So when Moses heard this, he fell face down because he was a humble man. Then he said to Korah and all his followers, in the morning the Lord will show who belongs to him and who is holy, and he will have that person come near him. The man he chooses, he will cause to come near him. You, Korah, and all your followers are to do this. Take censers and tomorrow put burning coals and incense in them before the Lord. The man the Lord chooses will be the one who is holy. You Levites have gone too far. So we see this huge difference now. We've got 250 men, which proves once again the majority is not always right. Just because everybody believes something doesn't mean it's right. It just means they believe the same thing. So Moses, rather than arguing with them, proposed a way to allow God to be a part of this painful moment. Unfortunately, it didn't turn out so well for Korah and the group of people opposing Moses. Matter of fact, the Bible says the earth opened up and swallowed them, and, and God was near Moses. Now, my point is not to try to point out authority of any type, just to simply say that Moses did something that I think we all should do in a time of crisis is say, let's put our faith in God. You go away, I'll go away, and let's pray. Now, sometimes people will not change, and there won't be a, a, a place where uh, we meet and agree, but we have to at least learn 
to uh, be dis uh, disagree in a fashion that is Christian and appropriate. Uh, decisions are difficult. And, uh, you know, some of us parents told our kids, we're going to church. That's what we do. We're a family. Kids, God, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go to church. You know, I don't want to get up early on Sunday. The reality is that God uh, puts parents in that position. And it doesn't make everybody happy. But like Joshua in Joshua 24, he said, But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Uh, making decisions is tough. And sometimes people say, Well, I don't want to make a decision. And what they're really saying is, I'm going to compensate uh, for the pain, which what they're really saying is, I'm going to live with the pain of not talking about this and having this strong opinion as we all do. And it's so very important that we realize that much of the pain we experience in life is the result of indecisiveness. We've not made decisions because we've not sought the Lord or we've sought the Lord and we haven't waited long enough or we just have refused to make a decision that God has instructed us to make. I've had a really difficult time these last weeks determining when we reopen America, what do we do as a church? Many people have an opinion about it. Some say the governor's wrong for reopening uh, right now, uh, this coming week. And uh, others say, well, we should have never been quarantined. So there's this great debate in our country and I feel for our government leaders, they didn't sign up for this, they didn't ask for this, but I respect the fact that even if we feel like they made a wrong decision, they made a decision. And we have to respect that even if we disagree with it. And uh, we can certainly respectfully say we disagree without being angry or bitter or critical, which is okay. But we need to realize in these painful times, pain often causes us to say things we wouldn't say, do things we wouldn't do. And if we don't address it, we will never experience the joy of the Lord and the peace that passes all understanding that we can experience when we put our faith and confidence in God. One person said, if you don't make up your mind, your unmade mind will unmake you. There comes a time like Joshua that we have to make up our mind and we have to make decisions and we need to do it with humility and we need to do it with respect. We need to do it with kindness and grace. One person said, the higher a man's call and vision, the more choices are given him. So if you want more and you want success, those things come with more decisions, which means sometimes it's more painful. Some of the most painful decisions I've had to make as a leader is to terminate a, a church employee or to have a church employee mad at me that quits and I have to make the decision of how to respond. And those are difficult things, and but but with the blessing of God and the size of churches that I pastored, uh, I've had to make some of those decisions, and sometimes they're unpopular. And uh, the hope that I would have would be that I would I would give grace and receive grace. This is our work in creation to decide, and what we decide is woven into the thread of time and being forever. Choose wisely, then, but we still must choose. So what am I going to face when I have to choose? First off, there are going to be many voices. Number one, God's voice is one of many. I wish his was the only voice, but I have voices as we all do. And some of you think I'm crazy, but you know you have them too. There are voices inside us that sometimes we're trying to make a decision to do something. And we go, I can't possibly do that. I'm not qualified. I'm not smart enough. 
I've made too many mistakes. Nobody will believe me. And, and you start using voices on from the inside of you, talking yourself out of what Jesus dived you into, which is a life of, of anointing, of gifting, of skills, of talents, of all these things that Christ put in every one of us. We have to fight through to make those decisions. As a matter of fact, the Gospel of John, Jesus is speaking about the Pharisees, speaking to his disciples, and he says, my sheep listen to my voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought them out all on his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. It's important that we uh, spend time listening for that still small voice that Elijah heard, that, that voice that leads us and guides us in the direction that, that we should go. And the voices not only within us, but there are voices around us, voices of manipulation, voices of intim uh, intimidation, voices of accusation. And many people uh, speak to you and to me, and oftentimes we speak to others out of our own pain. And, and certainly we've all made mistakes and we've done things wrong. And it would have been very easy for me to never preach again, to be honest with you. You know, I, I would have lived with an internal pain while making other people happy, maybe that, that I didn't come back to preach. I would have been very unhappy, not because I need a stage or a platform or an audience, but because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. They're irrevocable. And so basically, my decision, if I would have made a decision to not preach anymore, I would have said, God, the voices around me are more important to me than your voice within me. And oftentimes, uh, we look around us and we think, well, somebody's smarter than me, they're more gifted than me, they're more talented than me, and man, I, I have made a lot of mistakes, and they're probably right, I should alter my course, and... Uh, you know, and I should probably just make the decision they want me to make. But you and I will each stand before Jesus. And we're going to have to explain our decision, not their decision. Or in this case, explain that our decision was made because of their decision. And I was influenced by the voices around me instead of the voice of God within me. And so I want to challenge us to make decisions that glorify God. That, that even if nine out of 10 people say don't, as was the case going into the promised land, 10 out of 12 said we can't go. But two said we've heard the voice of God and we are not going to travel 40 years and look into the promised land, actually walk in it and see everything that's there for us and not go in. So Caleb made an unpopular decision to silence the crowd and say, we're going into the promised land anyway. And, and so the people listened because he had a conviction. And as a result, that, that decision honored God's voice. And I want to challenge us, don't just compensate, correct. Make sure that everything in your life is about honoring God, not winning the approval of man, or a popularity contest. And, and let me say this, uh, the voice of God will always be a redemptive voice. It, it will always be a loving voice. It will always be a grace voice. It will always be a mercy voice. That's who God is. And so maybe I talked earlier about 
relational pain and that uh, somebody doesn't like you. You may never get them to like you, but you should do your best to like them. It may mean that you like them, but you can't be around them because of their voice of negativity and doubt and unbelief. And, and you shouldn't subject yourself to people who are constantly going to be uh, deteriorating or, or eroding, if you will, uh, the purpose and plan of God in your life. If they can't breathe into that and, and encourage that, then maybe that's the boundary. But still, it doesn't mean that you have to dislike them just because they don't understand that voice in you is telling you what to do. Secondly, God's presence is not the only presence. The Bible talks about the presence of darkness and, and wickedness and evil things in heavenly realms, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, that there is a battle and there is a presence and that, that we it's invisible, it's intangible, but we feel it emotionally, oftentimes and spiritually. Uh, sometimes we get depressed. Uh, sometimes we get down. Sometimes we get frustrated. And, and that interferes with, with the clarity of making decisions and hearing God's voice. And that's exactly what the devil wants to do. He's the author of confusion. He's the accuser of the brethren. And his goal is to make as many voices uh, speak into our lives as he can, he can have speak into our lives. It's noise, if you will. And so also to have the presence of negativity, the presence of people around us that are negative and, and the voices that are negative and, and they're just creating a presence of doubt, fear, and unbelief. So you say, well, how do I know that I'm in the presence of God or how do I get in the presence of God? Number one, to get into the presence of God, the Bible says, praise him. He lives in and inhabits the praise and worship of people. And this is why I believe church is so important. I believe this is why devotional time is so important, that even listening to worship music at home or in your car is so important. Because the Bible says when we give worth to God, he comes and makes his presence known to us. And it begins to cleanse our minds and our hearts of the fear, the doubt, the negativity, all of the things that we would perceive as impossible. And that we begin to put our focus on Jesus and give him an opportunity to come and to, to speak into our lives. I was having to make a very, very difficult decision at, early on in my ministry. And I traveled and preached. It was very hard for me. I, I didn't like asking pastors if I could come and speak in their church and receive an offering and all of that. But I, but I did. I traveled and I preached and ran across America and, and, and did numerous things to raise awareness for, for the unborn, and in doing so, preached in a lot of churches. And one particular church asked me if I would come and be their pastor. And it really sounded good to me. I was tired. I finished running 3,000 miles in 11 months, and uh, 1,500 of those miles I did in 98 days. And so I had this difficult decision. It was great pain for me. I had small children, and I just felt like, man, this would be such a relief for me. But one night in a dream, God gave me this very clear dream, and I won't go into that dream, but it was very clear to me that if I chose this pathway, it would negatively affect my children. And so I chose not to. And sure enough, God had a better plan for me and uh, allowed me to start my own church and, and build it the way uh, my personality would build it. 
instead of coming into a church that already had a culture and a personality. And so, uh, but, but I sought the Lord and I prayed and I worshiped him. And in a dream, uh, it came to me. And so uh, the Bible says in uh, uh, Psalm 16 that in his presence is fullness of joy. Whenever I begin to lose my joy, I realize I'm removing myself from the right presence, the presence of God, and that I need to step back into that, that place. And Susan will tell you that my routines every day are devotional time with God, that I will, I will read some, I will listen to other sermons from other pastors, uh, just to put myself in a good place to hear God by driving out all of my cares and all the pains and all the struggles in my life to remove those things from the equation. Uh, sometimes when we have pain, and again, please don't misunderstand. I'm not being critical. There's nothing wrong with people momentarily taking medication, but I don't believe anybody wants to be on it their whole life. We medicate our pain, and there's so many ways to do that nowadays. And, uh, and, and in doing that, the pain never goes away. It's just masked. And, and so we sometimes need to step into that place of worship and say, God, I'm in great pain right now, and I need for you to help me. And I need for you to help me get through this and make a right decision. And so I challenge us to, uh, to really put our hearts and minds to, to giving God opportunity in our lives to speak to us. So I'm going to give you four little steps. Or actually, yeah, I'll give you four little steps. Number one, worship. My worship keeps me connected to God's presence. It takes time. Time is a reflection of an effort to make that connection. Others, the Bible says if you walk with wise people, you grow wise. Find wise people who can speak into your life. Before I decided to reopen Mosaic May 10th, I, I talked to two doctors and numerous other church leaders to get their wisdom. I didn't have a conversation with them so much as I said, could you help me know what to do? And then once I was leaning toward May 10th, I started having conversations at that point. Now what do we do? We've listened to wisdom. Now what do we do? I even called the mayor of War Acres and asked his advice. And he was so wonderful and so nice. And I'm so thankful for his leadership. And uh, But it was painful because I know there, there are people who think this is premature and they're going to get mad at me. Then there are going to be people who think we should have opened it sooner. We're doing the best we can. But I'm at peace with this decision, and some of you may be critical of it. I just ask you for grace and to let you know it was painful, but we got through it, and I have a peace now. And lastly, God's plan will never be the only plan. Uh, there will always be plan B, plan C, plan D, and you say, I'm a plan A person. Yeah, but there are a lot of people out there who will challenge plan A. And uh, God has a plan A. He doesn't need a plan B. He's perfect. Now, sometimes God allows there to be that for us just because he loves us and there's grace. But when Jesus came, he came with his purpose to seek and save that which was lost. And the devil tried to alter that plan. Uh, he tempted Jesus in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4 uh, to try to get Jesus to alter plan A. Hey, you can still be a king. Uh, look at all the kingdoms and I'll give those to you. Hey. Hey, I know you're hungry. Take this stone, turn it into bread. Hey, show everybody how powerful you are. Powerful you are. Jump off the pinnacle of this temple. Show them who you really are. 
But Jesus knew God's plan. And it was plan A. It was the only plan that he would suffer and die on the cross for all mankind, for sins, past, present, and future. And that he would be raised from the dead. And as a result of that, everyone would have a chance to receive him. And so I want to encourage us today to not walk away from plans. Uh, not, walk, not walk away just because you're in pain. Man, go after it. Walk through it. God is with us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? I want to take a moment now and pray with all of those who are watching who have never received Christ. Or maybe you received Christ and you walked away. I want to take a moment and pray with you and ask you to pray this simple prayer with me if you would, please. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin and I declare and I make a decision today to let you be the Lord of my life. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to do me a favor. Text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. We will rejoice with you, pray for you, celebrate with you. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.